Oh man, it's got my whole oh. faces and everything. Well, us? yeah, That's we're us? here. We're doing we're things. We're, are we live? Yeah, we're live. Hello, everyone out there. Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path Ventures. Uh, what are we calling this? Research Recall? check. Wait, res yes, research check for <laughs> the Advanced Player's Guide Second Edition. Mm -hmm. So, I am your one of your hosts, and. Uh, Rick Sandage. I am joined here by Rachel Sandage and Jessica Peters. Hello. Hello. Of Find the Path fame. Yes. Oh, Such fame. <laughs> I don't know if we're famous. We're kind of famous in like a very small circle. Yeah, in actual play fame. In a steadily growing <laughs> circle. Yeah. In a circle of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have decided to do this stream today for a couple of reasons. Uh, high point, I think, our highest amongst those reasons is the fact that uh, Paizo gave us an early copy of this book and we got a chance to read through it and we are very excited to talk about the book oh yeah so we thought we would share that excitement with all of you and by that book i mean that book am i pointing the right direction uh no the other way mm, no nope, other way, other way. Oh, my camera's <laughs> this that book way. that book i'll let jessica point that book off to the <laughs> side which is the pathfinder okay. second edition advanced player's guide <laughs> yep i did it wrong we're really bad at so, pointing here Okay. This this is the first of our product. This is not a product review. Uh, full disclosure up front. Uh, first off, we are not doing reviews. We're doing product discussion. In large part because we are associates with Paizo. Uh, we are partners. And mm -hmm. as such, I don't think we're considered unbiased news sources. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to think I'm still objective uh, anyway, but, uh, you know, just to be safe. I have no objectivity whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, All right. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that that's out of the way. So, yes, now that the legalese is out of the way. And also, <laughs> this gives us a chance to chat with all of you. So we're going to be talking about our thoughts on this book. Uh, and feel free to throw some comments up in the chat. I see we've got yep. a couple. Of... And yep. Mostly I'm... that you're a little quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm a little quiet. Apparently. Oh, I'm sorry. I very rarely get that complaint. <laughs> so I'm going to hope this is a little bit better for everyone. I sound booming to myself, but fortunately I can bask in the sound of my own voice, Yes, which I find a little grating. I think someone mistook <laughs> me for Heather though in the chat. Uh oh. No, they mistook <laughs> me for Heather. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> is it labeled? No, it's not even labeled. It's not labeled. I don't know where the labels went. They just kind of disappeared, but that's fine. I was going to say, I thought we had labels at one point. Eh, yeah. Labels are for uh, offices. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> All right, anyway. Jordan's in the chat. Jordan's in the chat. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't invited because he didn't do any reading. That's true. Jordan doesn't read. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the Advanced Player's Guide today. And again, please let us know in the chat if uh, we're still dialing in all of our knobs and such. So we've got them set up for recording right now, which uh, I guess the, the levels are somewhat distant, different than for live streaming. Apparently. So... Yeah. Well, and I'm also in a different room than I usually am. So. It's true. I banished her. Oh, yes. Excellent. I'm in my own room now. So we're going to start by uh, by talking about this beautiful book that we have right here. Mm -hmm. uh, my first thought is, I think I had this thought whenever they did the announcement of that. I'm going to hold up something here just so everyone can see. This is the original cover. And I love the parallel between that yeah. and the new book where it just seems like kind of a continuation. Like, okay, yeah. well... Uh, the I guess the alchemist died, uh, <laughs> but Freya found a swashbuckler and hopped on a cool boat to get away. It's true, uh, but still is fighting through that. 
Uh, and actually, I don't think Gamiel died. He, he snuck in a couple places in other books. I think yeah, he wandered off, him. though, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but I, I love the cover to this. I think it is a, it's wonderful. It's very dynamic. The artwork in this book, as I will often say about most Pathfinder 2nd Edition books, is a cut above the rest. It is very gorgeous. Uh, we're not going to be able to share any of it with you, but we will tell you. Yes. That it's gorgeous. Specifically, describe it in rich detail. The catfolk no, with the feather boa <laughs> is probably one of my favorite <laughs> things in this whole book. Yeah, the fur design. So cute, so good. We'll have to talk about all of our favorite art pieces maybe at the end. Uh, we are going to do a Q and A at the end of this, by the way. So feel free to quote, post any of your questions up in the chat. We cannot go into great detail because this book is not out yet. But if you have questions about our opinions, our opinions are our own. And we are able to share those with you. It's true. So uh, how about we kick this off? And uh, I feel like I'm talking a lot. Let's talk about some ancestries. Kind of what you do. It is what I do. So yeah, chapter one is the ancestries and backgrounds. So we got five new, well, new uh, ancestries. <laughs> They're new for second edition. New for second edition, yes. So I don't know about y'all, but I am super excited for the catfolk. Like, it was really hard for me to get past reading about this section. <laughs> um, I'm really thinking of Catfolk. Yes, the Catfolk are really great. Um, I, they're, I'm not going to tell you specifically what it is, but there is an ability that Catfolk get where they can um, yowl daringly in the face of adversity and keep their <laughs> friends from going unconscious. And that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Just a cat going, and then you're not dead. You're fine. But it reminds me of real life when your cat is having an issue, you know, and they make that noise and any cat owner knows the noise mm. and it will wake you from a dead sleep. So I feel like, yes, cats are fully capable of making noises in which uh, uh, will prevent you from going unconscious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so uh, after cat folk, uh, I suppose we'll kick this over to Jess because I know this is a favorite of hers. I do like kobolds a lot. I don't <laughs> super love their redesigned look because uh, they don't have necks. They look kind of like thumbs, but uh, they have a lot of cute feet <laughs> and like stuff. Thumbs. There's a lot of sniveling kind of like cowardly things that they have going on, which does make me sad because kobold cowards. I played wasn't sniveling, but thematically they make sense. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's fun that they of course got in uh Anytime that they can include more of the small options, small mm -hmm. the small ancestries in there, that's always kind of nice. Yeah. Give, uh, give some love to the small folk. And I mean, just the naming in, I feel like they got more creative with how they named feats and, and skills and things in second edition. All the names are funny and uh, descriptive in a way yeah. that they, they were kind of flat in first edition. Very, very short tangent. I remember uh, an interview with, uh, I think it was, maybe it was Mark Seifter during Gen Con, I'm going to say it was last year when they launched it, that they said that they, um, I think Luis brought this up also, that they named things what people of that ancestry would call it. Mm. So that they tried to kind of envision the, the name of the things from the uh, perspective of the actual ancestry. That is pretty cool. I'm, I'm doing my best to say ancestry every time because it's really hard oh, to break myself of that. It is Everyone's difficult. saying that I'm quiet. I have boosted your levels. Oh, okay, good. It's okay, we I've got you. I slid the little slider. Yay. <laughs> so uh, after that, we've got the... 
orc, orcs. which is awesome. Gives your half orcs a whole bunch of new uh, new feats to take. Uh, some of which I'm eyeing for my society character. So level yep. fifteen or sorry, level thirteen is going to be great for her. Um, but um, I mean, they're what you would expect orcs to be. You know, yeah. yeah. The, I think they codified the tusks, which had mm. been in the back of some book, uh, maybe an AP book. Um, so pretty good stuff for orcs. I'm glad the orcs are included because it was weird to have a half orc and not orcs. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of, I kind of felt like the orcs should have been the option instead of goblins in the core rulebook yeah. with the way that they're handling the half elven and half orc ancestries. Yeah. However, or heritages. I'm sorry, they're not ancestries. Uh, yeah, and then after that we've got the rat folk. So for any of you who like your uh, Yasoki but with a sword and sorcery bent, just love that one of the first things that popped out when I was reading was orders. Yep, orders. <laughs> they still get their little cheeky pouches. The cheek, yep. cheek pouches. You have and cheek pouches. They're amazing. No, you can. Uh, too. They're very well. One of them looks dapper. One and one of, there's like some feats that help you store more stuff in your mouth if you want bigger cheek pouches. <laughs> I don't know how that's supposed to work, but it's pretty great. I'm going to assume yep. that you evolve from like a rat folk to more of a, a chipmunk or maybe some sort of a hamster. I think they explain it away as they explain it away as you essentially have gotten better at packing things into the cheek pouch, I think. Oh, you're more efficient. Oh. Yeah, you're, you're you, you practice playing Tetris and then you were able to fit more stuff in your mouth. <laughs> it makes me think because uh, uh, one of the people in chat said Ratfolk swash Swashbuckler, and it makes me think of, uh, oh gosh, the character from the Chronicles of Narnia that was voiced by Eddie Izzard. That was like the. He was the You're pulling Ratfolk. from a movie I saw like one yeah. time. I know, yeah. and everything, but I was trying to think of him, and I was like, man, that as a Pathfinder character would be really cool. I was hmm. thinking more great, you know, great Mouseketeer kind of thing, but anyway. Fair. So, yeah, there uh, it is. Reap Cheap. <laughs> the chat always <laughs> has you. Know it. <laughs> Thank you, chat. Uh, from there, we've got the Tingu, and the uh, the Tingu are the ones that are actually represented by the new iconic for uh, yeah the, the Oracle Oracle yeah uh, so cool looking. unfortunately I can't remember the name of the Oracle from first edition Alazara um, maybe but I, I suppose minor teaser here and I wouldn't really consider this to be you know spoiler stuff or whatever uh, she does appear in this book mm -hmm. so if you're if you're a big fan of hers she's not completely gone so there is that. That's true. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I've always really liked the Tinku. I like their flavor and their flair. I really like the way that they fit into the Galarian setting. Yeah. Uh, the Jinx Eaters and yeah, all of that down. Yeah. Down in the uh, the shackles. It They're makes very for a, cute. a lot of fun. And they've got a phenomenal selection of feats. I think they still have fun, uh, fun eye, eye gouging options, which yeah. if I you're believe a so. Tinku player. <laughs> they also I, have something called Squawk, which I'll let you decide what you think that does, but the, the naming in this book is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this, I don't know if this is like a specific, I don't think it is at all, a feat or anything, but uh, I was reading that they use their own feathers for crafting. I mean. Which I thought was cool. It'd be cool to play like a, a Tengu um, Fletcher, like you make arrows. So that's kind of your whole thing. Or like quills. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or quills. You have a whole shop that's feather themed. Yeah. That'd be really neat. <laughs> There's your profession. Profession quill maker. Yeah, your background. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then of course they have introduced the versatile heritages. Yeah, that was neat. So I really I love the the flavor and the con the the concept behind them because it's a heritage that can be applied to any ancestry. So yeah. 
Now, if you want to say I'm playing a dwarf, but I'm playing a dwarf whose family has delved into Diabolism or whose family have long served angelic beings, then you could be an Azamar or Tifling. Mm-hmm. You could um, also be a changeling. You were stolen and switched out yeah. or something. Yep. It's well, and cool. it's the I, I wanted to say that they've always said that hags can interbreed with any humanoids. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah, so if it's just like I'm a hag and I live in a halfling settlement, if you want to be a halfling changeling, then go there for you it. Go. Now possible. <laughs> they also brought the Duskwalker in, which is interesting oh, because yes. I don't remember them from first edition, so they must be tucked away either. in one of those strange I'm little books. I want to say it's one of the obscure splat books. I'm sure someone in chat can probably answer this, but uh, planes of no. Anyway, but they're. There's something that I don't think got a lot of attention because they kind of came in and then we transitioned to a new system. Mm, yeah. uh, it's kind of the way that they put uh, Leshy forward early because oh, so yeah. many people fell in love with Leshies, yeah. but Leshies were introduced so late into Pathfinder First Edition that mm-hmm. people didn't really get a chance to, to enjoy and experience playing a tiny uh, vine person. They're in the Plains <laughs> book. Yep, they're from the Plains book. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but so. they're very cool. Uh, Dustwalkers. I feel like if uh, we were playing Tyrant's Grasp in second edition, I would have wanted Ailsa to be a Duskwalker because they have a lot of Phirasma kind of themed stuff that would have been pretty cool. That would have been neat. Yeah. Heck, Darcy could have probably pulled on Duskwalker pretty well, too. Well, and the, the planar scion opens the, uh, which is what they refer to anyone who has like outsider blood that uh, affects their, their heritage. Mm-hmm. will eventually be a great option to apply for things like the Suli or the mm-hmm. uh, Oreads or the, you know, uh, not Madrid. Anyway, um, the heck is. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> what is she? Oh, Merid? No. Undyne? Undyne. That's it. Yep. We should know sense. this. <laughs> we should. Uh, the chat has a good question. I guess I'll throw it in here because it's relevant. Uh, did they formalize the other halves like half orc, half elf, or is that still leave it up to your DM? As far as I know, the the half orc and half elf are still human only they're things. Still, they're still human heritages. Although in the core rulebook, they do kind of imply that it's like if your game master wants to say you can be a half orc, half dwarf, feel free. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think as written, that's not canon. Cano- the- canonical. Canonical. Thank you. That's not canonical for the Galarian setting. Yep. Uh, for all of those people out there who always ask things that I cut out of the episodes, my stuttering over words that should be common is one of them. So uh, I'll cut that out in the future. I don't know how often people are saying canonical in their everyday <laughs> life. I don't know. I feel like I say canonical at least once a day, just to myself, Nerds quietly. Do. Nerds say canonical a lot. <laughs> Yeah, because you're arguing. Canon. They yeah. canon. That is canonical, <laughs> friend. Canon? <laughs> oh my god! Pretty much anytime somebody, anytime Disney buys something, people start talking about canon. Yeah, that's uh, true. So yeah, and then of course they've got uh, new feats that they introduced in this section uh, mm-hmm. for the core ancestries. A lot of so you get a you get five new ancestries, and then uh, the three different types of versatile heritages, and then you get tons of new ancestry options for the existing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it mostly focuses on the core ones, dwarves, elves, gnomes, goblins. Yes. Well, I found what's really strange is that the humans specifically don't get a lot of low level. I think the lowest one in this book is like ninth level, the, the ancestry feat for humans. Um, or it's fifth, excuse me. Well, he, I, I uh, but it, uh, it's interesting. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. 
Uh, I was surprised that there weren't more for some of the classes. Mm. Or, uh, ancestors. Ancestries, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. I It's weird because humans have some really great first level ancestry feats, but I, as a player, sometimes find them a little boring and I wanted more <laughs> options. And they, yeah. I mean, at fifth level, I have some cool stuff now. I mean, I had some cool stuff before yeah. at fifth level, but I was hoping for some more first level ones. I mean, maybe Paizo just gave up and went, okay, well, we gave the humans the feat that lets you take an extra class feat at first level. Which, which is rad. Will take, which be, which because is rad. it's amazing. Yeah. And uh, so we're just going to assume everyone takes that and let's come up with some other higher level ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels like that. But yeah, there's so. some great some great uh, ancestry feats in here. Uh, if you were a fan of rubber body for goblins, that's a thing now. There is a there is a feat <laughs> similar to it anyway. There, I, I think I'm I'm most eager to try one of the gnome ancestry feats, just empathetic plea. The names are so good. Razzle the dazzle. Like, good. the names are so good. Like yeah. one, of them, one of them is extra squishy. I think I remember the two that stood out to me. There was an elven feat where you can, uh, I think it's at the beginning of the day, you can remember a language you haven't used in so long that you basically forget, <laughs> forgotten it, don't have it on your character sheet, but you gain that language for the day. They're like, I did know how to speak dwarven once. Let me and think you can about spend it. Spend some time remembering how you spoke dwarven before. But uh, the, there's also the, a, yeah, the prerequisite for that <laughs> is like how old your character is, which is also I've never seen them do that. Like you have to yeah. Have, yeah, be at least a hundred years old or whatever. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, there's also an awesome dwarven feat that lets you boomerang throwing weapons back to you. <laughs> Grim needs to get great. this <laughs> boomerang. Then I you do. can be throwing. Come back. Do always come back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then there's some new uh, backgrounds in here. Both common backgrounds and they introduced rare backgrounds now. Mm -hmm. I'm just liking the variety. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like you can really dive into a cool backstory for your characters based on these. Or you can make yourself. They have a teacher. They have yeah. halflings. They have barbarians. So Rachel can now be That's a second edition Rachel. character. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm a barbarian in real life. <laughs> oh, Only when in the car. Uh, yeah. You actually, and you raise a very valid, I was going to talk a little bit about this a little bit later on, but I think now it's kind of a, it's a kind of a theme that runs through this is when second edition launched, a lot of people talked about how they felt somewhat limited mm. uh, because they had so many options in first edition and the advanced player's guide was revolutionary. The uh, original, this guy was revolutionary for Pathfinder first edition because that's where it introduced uh the entire concept of having alternate class abilities, uh, your archetypes, all the rest of that came in. And I feel like this is kind of opening that door. Mm. They established a very firm foundation with the original, with the core rule book, with, uh, with everything that they put out since then. But this one opens up so many new avenues Yeah, that I feel like I've already reached a point where I could make a new character every day of the year for 365 days and not repeat characters. Yep. Uh, I get tired of playing first level, but yes. not have to repeat <laughs> characters. <laughs> but That's uh, true. also I will point out for these common backgrounds, there are a couple of these that I'm surprised like weren't in the core, like teacher. Yeah. I was teacher. like, teacher didn't make that a uh, bandit was oh, in yeah. here. And I was like, how was bandit well, not in there before? It does kind of make me think though, that it, it, you know, societally it was, it was different, you know, teachers being a thing in the traditional sense that we know now is actually a pretty common idea. Back yeah. in the day, it was, oh, you took this apprenticeship, so your teacher was, you know, the master of that field. So having, you know, a schoolhouse teacher might be actually a bit strange. 
<laughs> That's true. Although I think the weirdest one is tax collector. I love you're, tax collector being. <laughs> you're like choosing to be essentially the bad guy in Robin Hood. But cleric of Abadar. Abadar, yeah. For all you Abadarians out there, you finally have your, you've got your, your option right there. <laughs> or or maybe you're a tax collector and you're so bad at it because you're such a generous person yeah. that you kept giving people like fired. and then you got fired so that's your background but now you're an adventurer because apparently you're bad at being a tax collector but it gives or you intimidation the thing yeah <laughs> where you're you know the tax collector but then you're like feeding information to the robin hood who then steals all the money i mean you we'll you're free to do what you want. a bit uh also rare backgrounds yes they're cool okay I am actually really happy that some of these are rare because yeah. they are the cliche ones. <laughs> and so I'm like, yes. yes, not everybody can be like, oh, I'm the, you know, I don't want to repeat well, all to, of them. But. For, for the rare backgrounds, <laughs> these are basically backgrounds that your game master has to give you permission to use. Mm -hmm. And it's in large part because some of them are a little bit stronger, I think, than standard backgrounds. Yeah, like Cursed has a really good reaction tied to it. Yeah, it, it, it's the only background that I've ever seen that gives you a reaction. Yeah. Um, and they, I feel like these are great backgrounds to introduce characters in if you've lost a character. I feel oh. like this is a great way to say it. it's like, okay, a character died in book three, and then you can bring in new characters, except for the amnesiac background, which is mm. in here, which you can give every one of your players if you decide to make Strange Aeons into second edition. <laughs> That's true. That's which true. Which would be great. Which is what... I mean, we we did that, but without the whole thing. We didn't have uh, also, shout out to the fact that uh, royalty is in here. So if you literally want to play the crown prince who's out adventuring, it is a background option. <laughs> it's rare, so you have to get permission. It is rare. Yeah. That's true. But, uh, I know that's kind of a controversial fun. thing, too, though, is that, you know, people are like, I don't understand why that's rare. I shouldn't have to get permission. And I'm like, it's it, it's part of the story. Like, sometimes you, you can't just be like, oh, I'm the long lost prince it's not going to really it's not going to work in well, all stories yeah and a lot of those rare backgrounds are backgrounds that they feel like really good backgrounds if you're the protagonist of a novel um yeah but if everyone in the party is blessed by the gods or everyone in the party is a feral child or everyone in the party is royalty the story just is weird unless yeah. Unless you're playing War for the Crown and sure. you gave everyone the royalty back. Yeah, that'd be kind of <laughs> cool, though, in that case. Exactly. So. That's what I mean. It's like for the story, like you, you got to learn how to be flexible with that. You can't always get what you want because it, it's almost better if you don't sometimes. <laughs> that's true. There's also the chats talking about the piece of art that's here, which is essentially oh, yeah. Rapunzel like propelling down a tower with a greatsword and pigeons yeah. it's amazing <laughs> and pigeons. there's pigeons they're That's... all her familiars yes <laughs> yes she was raised by pigeons she was in raised a tower. <laughs> it's actually a, it's actually a feral child that was raised on top of a tower by pigeons yes uh, yes <laughs> new character idea there you go yes we'll so, have a punch by the end of this night <laughs> i know we should oh we're recording it great oh yeah we should be writing these down uh <laughs> Yeah, that brings us into chapter two. And uh, oh, such a good chapter. For this first one, uh, Rachel, do you want to take away talking about the first of the new classes that we have here? I think Rachel should. Is it is it is it the one I think it is? Yes. Uh, should be. Sorry, scroll through my notes. Okay, so I have a bit of a love affair with the investigator. Mm -hmm. um, everyone in our group knows this. We did the beta test for it back in the day. I love the investigator. Um, 
I think it just kind of fits my my interests in real life too. In true crime, you're the character. <laughs> I, I do love true crime. I'm actually listening to uh, quite a few of different podcasts right now. Shout out to Morbid. These two little ladies that I listen to who live up in Massachusetts. I think you're funny and great. Um, but I've been listening to you. I'm on like episode seven. <laughs> Not that they listen to this, but there you go. I derailed um, Rachel. Sorry. <laughs> but I feel like the investigator for me when I was reading through this, it kind of feels like the Guy Ritchie version of Sherlock. And that is what I'm here mm. for. Um, and I do really like that it is not because uh, I, I felt like in 1E, if you didn't have alchemy, then that that just kind of ruined it. Then you and better have a gun. Have it. Yeah, yeah, you had to have a gun. And then it was still awkward because there was still this alchemical time. It was very strange for me and it was very hard to work around it. We did because I had totally fun with the investigator but i like how they've broken it up to you so that you can be like a different kind of investigator yeah it's not just one track now it's 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 varied and it's awesome and i cannot wait to play investigator i i will also throw out there that from a from a gm standpoint which i oftentimes look at this from i like how much the investigator involves itself with the game master mm. that it's a lot of it's a lot of the investigator opening up doors, especially during an investigation or even during just mm -hmm. most adventures to allow the game master to give more information. Yeah. Because that's what I always want to do. I, I always, always want everyone to pass their knowledge checks because I'm like, I just want to tell you about how amazing this place is that you're adventuring in right now. And it's deep, rich history and why you should be afraid. <laughs> Mostly that. Sometimes I can't. Gosh, Mostly what is that this? Last Skinsaw Murders Part 2? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I suppose from there we should step down and this next one I know is a personal favorite of Jessica's. So. It's the Oracle! Uh, yeah, the Oracle's great. They, It looks like they refined the, the Oracle from the playtest a little bit. I played an Oracle in Fall of Plaguestone. I did the, the playtest Battle Oracle. Boracle. Um, they added a bunch of mysteries. I think there's like eight or something. Um and I like the way that they did curses. The curses are tied to your mystery still, just like in the playtest. And there's like the minor version and the major version, and they're all tied into you using your focus spells, which is cool um, because it makes those curses feel like they're more alive than they did in first edition. First mm -hmm. edition curses were super good, but uh, I like the way that they play with mysteries now. Um, it's, it's neat. Yeah. Also, this Tengu's cute. <laughs> yep and uh so yeah after the oracle we go to the swashbuckler for those of us who like to buckle our swash panache panache i'm so excited for some panache <laughs> i will say it has a very unique mechanic to it so those of you of course familiar with it from the play tests know that it's panache is something that you kind of you don't bank you're just expected to be constantly building and spending it Mm -hmm. And so it it really rewards you for playing. It's a it's a character class that really rewards you for playing it to the flavor of the class. Be the action hero that you have always wanted. Yeah. And and of course, you have like you have your various styles and all the rest of that, which affect uh, how how you even play your character. I'm particularly particularly big fan of the wit uh, mm -hmm. as far as your uh, your mm -hmm. swashbuckling style. But it's it's a lot of fun and it doesn't feel you know, the, the swashbuckler in first edition was a hybrid class. It was your, um, was that ranger or sorry, rogue fighter gunslinger. It was something gunslinger Oh, because you basically had deeds. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Gunslinger rogue makes sense. And, uh, 
but in this in this case it really feels unique and individual and i think it adheres more to the ideal of it than necessarily directly translating over the mechanics from first edition oh apparently it was a fighter gunslinger fighter gunslinger so maybe i always just played mine kind of roguish yeah they just feel (laughs) roguish although i mean i think what you're saying about the fact that um it feels like all of the classes when you lean into the flavor of that class you get the most out of it um yeah Mm -hmm. because you know the oracle the feature is that mystery the investigator the feature is doing investigations and so you get you really do get to be the master of that kind of domain which is cool yeah also uh and this is something much later on i think it's like chapter six but uh they also included the dueling cape so if you have your like your your Ezio auditore style you know i have weapon one hand and my dueling cape on the other side i really love that they included that in there to get the full uh full swashbuckler flavor not all of the auditores are dead. It's true. <laughs> uh, what uh, have you two like to uh, to conquer the witch? Oh, the witch is so cool. We're so divided on this, though. You're divided? <laughs> no, as in that like we both want to talk about it. We can both talk about it. We can both talk about it. Okay, the witch. Go. I didn't look at the witch in the playtest at all because I was doing the oracle. I didn't. I don't know if this was in the playtest or not. It probably was. But you're... Uh, your spell list kind of depends on your patron. Um, You essentially kind of pick your theme and that's going to determine which spell list you cast off of. Like the sorcerer a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I like that. The getting to to have the different spell lists. I think that's so cool. Well, because I remember in first edition, I always wanted to play like a witch doctor or something before the witch doctor was a thing and I always thought that it made more sense for them to cast off of like the druid list or something and so now you can kind of Mm. pick a patron that aligns with the list you really want for the flavor which is cool and adds a little bit of that like weirdness to witches like witches they cast spells but you're never sure what spell lists they're going to cast off of until they start casting yeah well, because witches are always, maybe it's because I think of like historically, you know, they have the spell books and whatever, and you can write whatever you want in the spell book. So it kind of makes sense that they have this weird eclectic, you know, mix of stuff, depending on what you as a witch would study, it would make sense that your spell book is not the same as every other witch. Well, yeah. your spell book is a cute baby animal. That's true. That is true. Uh, I had one. Yeah. And on the subject, actually, of the... Uh the various types of witches and how you can have it it also plays a little bit more into you can you know have the you know glinda the good witch kind of thing where it's mm-hmm. like i'm actually i have all these beneficial powers uh or kind of the hedge witch idea where it's you know well i'm actually more of a healer than i am a, a spellcaster or cursing people type mm-hmm. of character yep which you kind of get lessons in, yeah yeah the lessons cool. are a cool addition yeah. addition yeah i mean uh, everything the they the, sorry oh, you can Oh, just going to say on the subject of the familiar, as you guys were just about to talk about, uh, I do like that the familiar for the witch is just more powerful than anyone else's familiar. Yeah, it should they be. Just get more abilities. Because yeah. it's like the because walking. It's a so walking uh, spell book. Yeah, it's a walking spell book. <laughs> I was like, wait, my brain. I'm going to have to do a witch one of these days and my familiar will be named Thackeray. Thackeray Binks. <laughs> Thackeray. Uh, you, can, you can also name your familiar book and that would be funny. Yeah. Because they're not a book, but they're like a spell book. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the familiars in here are really cool, but I think that's a future chapter. Um, yeah. I mean, the cackle is still here. So all the things you probably liked about first edition witches are here. Yeah, yeah. well, actually, uh, yeah, the cackle's still there. Um, oh, the cackle. So it's just, I, I felt like it, 
I felt like all four of these classes really Paizo kind of drilled down on what people loved about them, not mechanically, but thematically, and found mm-hmm. a way to make the mechanics fit the theme better. It's true. And at level 20, I can live out my life's dream of having a chicken hut like Baba Yaka. Because <laughs> you can get a witch's hut that you make. That's kind of like Baba Yaga's chicken hut. That is pretty cool. Life it's dream just accomplished. Witch's hut, though, I think. I don't, I don't think it's full chicken hut. You can th- you can choose a different bird. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, Amazing. Yeah, and so after the witch, the the book includes a lot of new options for all the other classes. Mm-hmm. So basically, I I will throw out what I think is probably the one that I'm most interested for, even if it's not necessarily something I'm going to see myself playing, mm-hmm. which is the evil champion options. Yeah, that's oh, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, now you can be a champion of any of the evil alignments. The mm-hmm. I think it's Tyrant. Uh, I can't remember what the other two are called, but Don't I can yeah, look really so quick. What are they called? All sorts of cool new evil champions. Oh, uh, one of them is the Anti-Paladin and yeah. uh, one of them is the Desecrator. Ah, so there you go. So, yeah. So for from a game master standpoint, that's going to give you tons of new things to to use potentially against your players or inspiration for things to use. uh give uh, your enemies going forward and then from a player standpoint if you're playing hell's vengeance there you go there you go Um, (laughs) or if you're one of those people that always wants to play evil Uh, to backtrack ever so slightly i have to point this out to jessica in case she hasn't seen this uh flamingo hut bright pink (laughs) that's what somebody suggested Bryn altorin knows my heart (laughs) <laughs> just had to point that out because it is so Jessica oh my it is God. on point you don't even know. I do want to play a witch real bad <laughs> <laughs> to level 20 so that I can have a hut so <laughs> right yeah. uh, just I'm just on the point. beach all the time and have my flamingo ah oh, yes how did you ever reach level 20 <laughs> uh, I don't know so, but then I retired with my hut if we ever do a 2e yeah. version of uh, Ruins of Aslan Jessica has a character idea um, <laughs> ooh <laughs> yes I do You're wrong but uh, the other the other two things that I want to point out as far as the new options for the core 12 classes are the uh, the Warden Ranger, who gets focus mm-hmm. spells. So if you wanted a spellcasting cool. ranger again, that's neat. Uh, and the uh, new Rogue Rackets, which are really neat. I so, will say I'm disappointed yeah. that there are not any more Druid Orders. But yeah. uh, I because I feel be. like four is just not enough. Um, <laughs> I don't think so either. Because they're all really classic. There aren't any super weird ones. But there is a really cool feat where you get, you can make like a seed into a, a weapon and back into a seed. So you get kind of, there's like some cool feats that they gave the druids. So yeah. that's fine. I like the uh, the desiccator sound. Desic- desiccator. That's uh, desecrator sounds like a spawn villain. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Probably uh, also would have a clown face. Which core class got the least love? Uh, least love. I think they all got a two-page spread. I'm not going to lie, though. The barbarian feats that got added on just make me feel like they were trying to make the barbarian into a witcher. <laughs> uh, the monk got three pages. Yeah, some of, some of them got more than... I mean, like, the champion Four. got, like, six or something like that. Yeah. Um, the druid. That's what I'm sticking with. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel druid. like... And I feel like the cleric didn't get a whole lot oh, of yeah. new options available yeah. to them. But the clerics also did just get gods and magic. So that, that I think that's okay. So maybe that's why. 
Uh, so balanced out. Sorcerer's got a lot of love. They've got a couple new bloodlines, inclu- including the Psychopomp bloodline, which I'm yeah. excited cool. for. That looks really neat. So you got some, but, some cool stuff there, for sure. Yeah. And then uh, after the classes, we uh, we get to, I think, some of Jessica's favorite section again, which is just more animals. Animals! Uh, since they have new animal companions and familiar section. Including a yeah, bat! I don't think I don't think everyone yeah. can see, but Jessica is wearing her Druid Fax shirt. Druid Fax! Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sarah. <laughs> It'll be on the but, shop uh, at some point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can uh, you can have a little uh, let's see an arboreal sapling. You can have a little tree friend that runs around with you, which is pretty That's cool. So cool. It's like having a little Deku tree following you around. Yeah, I would like to point out that riding Drake is an animal companion uh, here. Cool. Yes, and boars. <laughs> Dragon rider. Although the weirdest one to me is shark, because sharks are cool. But again, if you're not on the water aquatic campaign it will give you an option for an aquatic campaign that's true unless, that's true unless it's like um i'm gonna go real obscure here that one christmas special of doctor who where the sharks were floating around in the fog okay so, if we go to a if you're this on is a, a starfinder <laughs> if this was starfinder we were going to a planet where sharks could swim through fog and the whole planet was covered in fog okay jessica awesome. shark with a ring of fly oh but th- but this and an iune stone that means it doesn't have to yeah. breathe there you go. Yeah. So we'll make this work. All right. I need a lot of money. I'm not sure if they have either of those still in second edition, but we'll, we'll make them <laughs> with our crafting. Uh, and other than the new familiar abilities and a couple new familiar like options, there's uh, specific familiars. Yeah. Where you can get uh, imps and fairy dragons and things like that. So that's and a handy. slime. You can get a little slime friend. <laughs> As long as they're not like the slimes in Stardew Valley, because then I, I raised one on my farm and then it attacked me and I was sad. Yeah, they're kind of like that, except for your friend. Yeah, you have to have a ring to keep them friendly to you. I didn't know that, and then I had to kill the poor thing. <laughs> you gotta go make a sacrifice to the I witch. Run away. <laughs> anyway, I never so, get to the uh, point where I'm farming slimes in Stardew Valley. Someday. Yeah. I guess that brings us to chapter three which is probably my favorite chapter of this book, despite how much I, I enjoyed the other uh, the new classes and the new ancestries, which is the archetypes chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in the archetypes there chapter is for a sure. Lot. I think I counted forty. It might have been forty-one. It's a bunch. There, yeah. there's a lot, including like the <laughs> shadow dancer, which is rad. Yeah. Uh, well, and a lot of a lot of the prestige classes from first edition show mm. back up in here. Yeah. You've got like your shadow dancer in there. There's the duelist cavalier, which makes an appearance in here. Uh, there's a full some class. Old, yeah, some old full classes, the Cavalier and the Vigilante yep. are both in here as archetypes for you to take. The Vigilante gets uh, a safe house still. It's very cool. Yeah. Nice. And now you can also do an entire story themed around, you know, being a bunch of Vigilantes and just like everyone takes the Vigilante dedication mm-hmm. and we've got a Vigilante Rogue and a Vigilante Swashbuckler and Vigilante, I don't know, Alchemist. And now you're the Justice League. Sure. <laughs> and some of them are hilarious. There's one called Dandy. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. You're a dandy. I want to just be a bard now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just channel my inner dandelion. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good. That's good stuff. I, I do. Uh, some of these, though, are, are very interesting just by the names. I understand a lot of them were prestige classes from before, but I forgot about some of them. Like, I want to, like, dive into Scroll Trickster. It just sounds cool. Yeah. Just really into Scroll. There is a piece of art <laughs> on the Beastmaster page of just a really like cool awesome warrior woman and a giant badger it's just the <laughs> biggest badger i've ever seen Honey and it's very cute 
Yeah, so I feel like, again, it's it's that thing where I feel like this large selection of archetypes has really opened up just the sheer number of characters that this game can accommodate. Mm-hmm. And so, and especially it opens it up for doing themed adventure paths. So if you're doing something like Skull and Shackle, everyone can take a pirate archetype. Yeah. And you can be a variety of different pirate, or if everyone's doing, uh, I don't know, Iron Fang Invasion, translated to second edition then everyone can be a can take the scout and true yeah like there's a uh, gladiator archetype if everyone wants to be a gladiator yeah it really lets you kind of run wild with your imagination which is you know let's be honest that's why a lot of us got into playing rpgs to begin with it's true <laughs> it is true somebody is asking specifically about that druid ability uh, let me see if i can look at it and be a little more detailed not super detailed but a little more because <laughs> uh, it was the one thing that redeemed the druid section in here for me uh so essentially you can cultivate a seed that becomes a staff vine whip or weapon and you essentially put your energy into it and so you can change it from seed to weapon however you want to i think it's like an action or something to do that you can attach runes and talismans and stuff to it so it's kind of like a cool little druidy weapon that you get um with your this class feat so it's pretty cool Hmm. so you just carry around an acorn and then sometimes your acorn is a sword (laughs) i mean that's fun yeah it's rad Yeah, I will also uh, mention that the uh, there are two other pieces of artwork other than the Badger Woman, which is really cool. It's so in this cute. section. Uh, one of them is an is a reappearance of uh, Shinsen, which for those of you familiar with her, shows up in one of the other adventure paths, and is also one of James Jacobs' characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also the art the iconic artwork for the celebrity in here, which makes perfect oh, sense yeah. for her character. And I also like to think that the ritualist is some sort of cultist of Haster. <laughs> because he's just this guy in just these brilliant yellow robes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty great. He does seem a lot like, you know, have you seen the yellow sign? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also do like the fact that the Cavalier and Vigilante, the class, the the full classes that then get the archetype treatment in here do get much larger sections. Most of the they archetypes do. are usually one page, but in both of those cases, I think there were two or three page spread. Mm-hmm. So gives you a chance to actually you know, fully develop that type of character. Uh, I honestly have just really enjoyed seeing so much of the art in the book because mm-hmm. that is such a big inspiration for how to do your characters. And oh, yeah. and every now and then when you are trying to say, you know, like in our case, when we will get uh, artwork commissioned <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, what is that supposed to look like? I don't know. What does armor look like? You know, and it's nice to be able to go back in the book and be like, ah, I want it to look kind of like this. Hmm. You know, so having those options for me being very visual helps a lot. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. And also, it's uh, it's just paving the way for the inevitable um, advanced player's guide pawn box set full of different tiny little pawn guys with all this artwork. Yes. So, sure. in the future, when we can... Uh, yeah, I'm assuming this is the shadow dancer on... Uh, she's the chick that's like... Looks like she's holding two kukris, maybe? She has a very cords. long braid. Very long yeah. braided ponytail. She looks pretty awesome. Well, they, they kept all the... Uh, they kept the original character from the first one just with updated artwork mm-hmm. like uh you can't see it from here because it's behind this uh this lovely little curtain behind me but uh jess and jordan our first PaizoCon, bought me the original sketch from the artist that drew the uh, arcane archer that's in the core rule book mm-hmm. so i've got the original up on my wall back behind me and then he makes an appearance in here again because yeah. he's uh 
He's back as the arcane archer. Yep. Uh, All right. Moving on though, feats is a thing. Yeah. I don't most know how of them much are skills. Really, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a lot of mechanics, and I don't know how much we really want to dive into that. But it's a lot yeah. of skill feats. My favorite one is uh, it's a medicine skill feat, and it's called risky surgery. So you can just imagine what that's <laughs> for. <laughs> but the names again, amazing. <laughs> My my yeah. favorite one is the uh, the no cause for alarm. Oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a diplomacy skill check that lets you remove yep. the frightened condition from people around. You. Everything is fine. fine. Calm down. It's all fine. <laughs> I think it, I think it's a three action uh, oh. skill though. So it's just like calm down, calm. Okay, You're sun's right. getting real low. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I have enjoyed the naming conventions of this so book uh, much yeah. more than I have for naming conventions in the past. <laughs> Stalker. <laughs> I'll never get over that one. Rachel is still salty about this. <laughs> I'm still salty because I was at the PaizoCon where they were talking about naming that. Yeah, and talked. I I even said it to all of them. I was like, Stalker is not a good choice for this. It has a bad connotation. As an English teacher, I say no. Yep. And they did it anyway. JB and didn't I, listen to it. JB didn't listen. listen. And I'm very sad about that. <laughs> um, JB, I have words. Unrelated, but kind of related because it's technically Pathfinder. The uh, piece of art that's in this feet section of Lem standing on a table pointing at his wall of crazy that, that while Mauriciel sleeps. My favorite uh, piece of artwork in this entire book yes. is just Lem with his string wall of crazy behind him. And uh, it's like, oh I gosh. figured it out. And Mauriciel is just like, <laughs> thank you, Mauriciel. Yeah, she's just like, oh my God. <laughs> it's amazing. What are you talking I love it though. Yep. Although the uh, the creepy Skinsel cult picture that's a couple ones after that is also great. That's all the artists. So, oh yeah, you're right. I like oh, the the yeah. clock made of arms. Oh yeah. Yeah. It actually the reminds me hours. of when you uh, ran Rise of the Rune Lords for us and had our art friend, uh, a dean who helped us with the Find the Path videos <laughs> back in the day. Uh, he did a drawing of one of the crime scenes oh, for yeah. us, and yeah. that really helped immerse in the story. It was like, oh my god, it's true. Oh yeah. So, yeah, but there are tons of new feats in here, mostly skill feats. Uh, there's a 19th level skill feat, so uh, be sure to check that one out whenever you get a chance. Uh, That's true. Yeah. And then from there's there, we go into spells. spells. Yeah. There are a bunch mm -hmm. of spells. There are a bunch of spells that I was surprised to realize weren't in the core rulebook. Yeah. Like Force yeah, Cage. Yeah, a little bit. Like Force Cage Innervation. Yeah, oh. innervation is one that surprised hey, me. Hey, but Rick, your favorite spell, Blistering Invective, is in here now. It is. I <laughs> love the crap out of that. I played an amazing, uh, I was an Inquisitor of Love. I was an Inquisitor of Shillin that, uh, that people would upset. He just had a little bit of a short temper, though. And then when things didn't go his way, mostly because he was constantly flirting with uh, what ended up being the bad, bad guy, guy. Every think of one of the stories we yeah did. we pretty much knew that if rick started flirting with any character that that character was the bad guy it's yep. true uh and then i would scream at them uh horrifying profanities and cause people to explode yep so <laughs> like you do like you do uh there are tons of new focus spells in here which are mm -hmm, neat mm -hmm. including some great options for uh if you decide to play that focus spell casting ranger mm -hmm. so that one's a lot of fun and including a couple options if you're you know if you decide to go for one of the evil champions yeah yeah there's some interesting ones on here just again judging by the names again <laughs> final sacrifice and uh and of course they add in more rituals in here including a couple of spells that again i hadn't realized hadn't gotten the ritual treatment uh oh yeah reincarnate is in here as a ritual mm -hmm. so if you die and want to come back as a random something that's an option uh mm -hmm. so is hero's feast which i 
Oh, yeah. As interesting as a ritual. I, it makes sense because you have to cook the meal, right? No, right? it just magically appeared before. I don't know. There's something fun of how it happened service. to do a thing. I know uh, one day uh, Heather uh, would love if there was a spell compendium. Like yeah. they just took the, all the spells and just put them in one spot. But I don't know if we're ever going to get that. I think also, it, I think what that's going to end up being is a giant box full of all of your spell cards. Yeah, because they technically you can get the spell decks. They're very yeah. pretty. Uh, you can also get married now. There's a heart bond ritual. Well, you could get married before, but now it has magic powers. Now it has magic powers. It's a little. It reminds me of uh, Elder Scrolls Online. When you get married in that, you get like XP bonuses. This doesn't do that exactly, but it helps you out. I think it lets you sense when your uh, when your spouse is in danger. Yeah, I think like so. Ding. Where yeah. was this when we were having our Pathfinder themed wedding? Yeah, I know. Uh, well, it was in development. I know. Also, we, we did invite Paizo. Also, the artwork <laughs> for that is great. And if you go on Paizo's, uh, uh, the Paizo blog, there's a short story that they wrote that was mm -hmm. about uh, Marisil preparing for her wedding with uh, Kira. Aww. And the picture is in so. here and it's beautiful. Yeah, and the picture's in there, and it's really neat. So I'm glad that they finally uh, they finally tied the knot. Yeah, good for them. So, yeah, yeah that's great rituals. The, that's mostly the spell chapter. Uh, there's great rituals. There's tons of great spells. There's way more spells. We could probably dedicate an entire hour to just talking about the spells in here. Because it's true. There are a lot of fun ones. But, but there's also gear. It's warm. There is gear. So, yeah, chapter six in the book is going to be our items chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, and let's be honest... That's one of the best parts is when you finally have enough gold to really just go on a splurge. Spy stuff. It's true. It's like, yes. It That's what makes it a fantasy game. edition because you're broke for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to I like to escape reality to a world where I have tons of money that I get to burn on whatever I want. It's true. So uh, um, I do love the chapter head for this the, the oh, artwork yeah. the splash page for the first page or for the page of this chapter because it's just this dead dragon and this massive mound of gold everywhere <laughs> yep. they, it they is good exactly uh i think they have just gotten <laughs> i think my favorite item in here is is the ghost charge uh which essentially it's uh chemicals and salts uh that mess up undead creatures it makes me think of supernatural mm -hmm. And like, oh, we yeah. always are like, where is the salt? Well, now it's in the ghost charge, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Don't cross the circle of salt. Mm -hmm. I also like that they brought back uh, a couple of the classics, the universal uh, solvents in here, the sovereign glues in here, the uh, timeless. Yep. I think they call it timeless salts. Timeless salts salt. are in here, yeah. Like that. Yeah, uh, which I think is supposed to be like your, your engine of timelessness. But... And as I mentioned before, they do have the uh, the dueling cape in here, which is probably my favorite item in yeah, the entire, cool. entire section because it's just great. And sword canes are back. So. Oh, that, see, that was for me because that's what I had with my previous investigation. The sword yep. canes are definitely back. You can be full on dapper AF. <laughs> I, I do like them. I mean, anyone who knows me knows my love of Victorian era steampunkish everything. It's true. <laughs> yep. Rachel will probably be very happy that they uh, brought back the or they have a detective's kit in here mm -hmm. which apparently is like a, a nice leather, leather satchel full of empty vials and tweezers and but of course it's it's like you know in the sleepy hollow movie that johnny depp was in back in the day and he's got yeah. a little kit yeah exactly yeah, it's, it's basically exactly, it exactly that it even comes with chalk to draw outlines mm -hmm. you're only you only do that <laughs> if the person's still alive fair enough because then they that way you still have the i don't know if they have the same rules in uh in fantasy galarian but maybe <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and it comes with a tiny notebook and a pen for you to keep notes. 
Uh, Ross will be excited to hear that there's a walking cauldron. It's like a little cauldron on crow's feet <laughs> that oh, can awesome. follow you around. It's pretty cute. <laughs> I feel like this sovereign glue has to be like the gorilla glue of uh, oh, yeah. Valerian. For sure. It, for that's sure. basically it. And then there's this amazing chapter called the Glossarian Index. It's got a lot of words sure. in it. <laughs> There, there's a little bit of sarcasm that I hear in Jessica's voice, but I love the crap out of their glossary and index and that they've included um, in these books because they're so detailed. It's so, very detailed. As a former teacher, um, I used to have to give lessons to students on how to properly use a glossary because it does save your life sometimes yeah. when you are trying to look something <laughs> Oh yeah! So don't knock the glossary. No, I just think no, it's funny because I was, I was like, uh, oh wait, we're at the end. I'm going to talk about yep. the glossary. I bet no one else has talked about the glossary. Uh, Probably not. I'm excited to. Again, it's four pages that sums up basically all the rule mechanics in this book into a nice, concise area. Sure, alphabetical. Yep, I read it before I go to bed. Uh, Rev Khan says a walking cauldron animated object familiar would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it'd be really good. Get an extra large size one, and then you can carry your shark animal companion with you. Yes, excellent. And then if you're, if you're deciding to play an evil party with like an anti-paladin or something, you can slowly lower people into your shark cauldron. This just gets better and better. Well, I guess we'll take any questions if there are any. Uh, maybe we can answer them. Um, maybe we can't, depends on the question. I see that there's a kitty. So, yep. Yeah, there is a but kitty. But she's the evil one, so I can't <laughs> Sophie, the evil one. her off. <laughs> is there an appendix in equivalent inspired readings not that i saw uh so unfortunate but i think they had a big section of that i think it was in first edition they had a big one of those oh uh, once it was in the game mastery guide okay you can pick only one archetype to play from this book which do you each pick one archetype, archetype. it's the only archetype you can ever play a character of ever again mm-hmm wait mm. what which, <laughs> Sorry, if you had to, to play, uh, pick only one archetype to pick. Ah, you can pick only one archetype to play from this book. Which one do you pick? Ooh. I pick the Shadow Dancer because I always wanted to play it in first edition and never got a chance to. That is true. Hey. I feel like the Vigilante because mm. I feel like I can make a Vigilante of every single class and have limitless fun with that class. That's fair. I'm trying to see the list again. Like a barbarian, barbarian vigilante. Or dandy, cool. and then you just get to be a fop all the time. That's true. I was tempted by the duelist because the duelist uh, was one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite prestige classes from first edition mm. until the swashbuckler came out and basically did everything the duelist is, does, but kind of better. Mm. Rachel? Especially if you play an inspired blade. Which two do you have, Rachel? I'm, I'm going to have to say investigator for one of them because... I freaking love the investigator. So, you like, could sit that on top of any class. I love the uh, I love uh, the investigator so much that I want to be a fighter investigator and a rogue investigator, <laughs> and a investigator. I mean, why um, not? As far as other archetypes, I've kind of always wanted to try out the acrobat. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, because it makes me think of like Ty Lee from uh, uh, Avatar. Oh Year yeah. Render, and I was like, yeah, I could do like a fun little acrobat character, <laughs> and I think there's a lot of story stuff you could do with that too. Sure. All right, let's see what else we have over here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the Psychopomp bloodline? Love me some pomps. Uh, don't want to get in trouble with Paizo. Maybe like a little tiny bit. It's a little teaser, maybe. Let me find a teaser in here. Okay. Oh, the next question is a very good question. So, uh, Psychopomp... Well, 
I will, I will let you know that one, it is a uh, it's a divine spellcasting class, and uh, its ninth level spell is massacre. Ooh. So how's that? <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, Maybe also, also you get intimidation. Hmm. Do I not ask for enough. whom the bell tolls. All right, let's see. Next one is hard. Um, what's the one rules element in the book you would just turn around and say, nope, Paizo, you done messed this up. Go back and try again. Oh, that'd be more of a Rick question. Yeah, I don't have a rules gripe. I don't gripe. have enough rules. I mean, nothing really it. jumps out at me. As like, as I'm, I'm certain as people start to play this and start to pick things apart, there's probably going to be some sort of horrible combination of things. Uh, yeah, in this book, nothing really jumped out at me. It wasn't kind of like when I read over the lizard folk, I believe it was, uh, or sorry, the uh, Aruxi in um, Brain just skipped a beat in their own book. There were a couple of their feats, their racial feats that I felt were kind of too strong to be like an ancestry feat. Uh, but I didn't really get that feeling from anything in here. The only thing that I will say was kind of a disappointment, actually, was that the versatile heritage didn't already include some of the elemental bloodlines. Mm. something like the Suli or something like the you know the various genie touched but I don't really have a rules gripe other than like I wish there were things that aren't in there that's not yeah that's kind of mine right now um but I do have an art problem I really don't like the kobolds I miss the old kobolds <laughs> uh, yeah Jessica does not like the kobolds they look like thumbs I, I, I'm not gonna lie I don't really like the redesign either it, it there's no neck. they don't have necks they're just weird they're not necessarily bad. It's just, it's strange. There's like something off proportionally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, next. Um, any class you feel like is still conspicuously missing, uh, like the kineticist, the occultist, something that doesn't end in is the mm. gunslinger. I think he's, I, yeah, I was going to say the gunslinger is one that I would love to do. Just I really thought the swashbuckler would have guns somehow. Yeah. But it doesn't. Yeah, the gunslinger. The gunslinger really stands out as being absent. And other than that, most of them, you know, like a lot of the Slayer went into the new Ranger. So I don't think mm -hmm. you necessarily need the Slayer anymore. I mean, there's a lot of none of the occult classes are quite there, but I feel like you can get some of those same vibes other ways. Yeah, like with the bloodlines or like or the, the occultist was really interesting, yeah. but I don't I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think the two big standouts, and I think because mechanically they're going to be the ones that require the most focus, would be the gunslinger and the summoner. Oh, the summoner, that that's those right. Are, those are difficult to really nail down, and uh, I expect a very comprehensive, especially for the summoner, a very comprehensive playtest when that finally mm. starts to rear its three Mighty T-Rex heads or whatever it is. Two head. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, uh, tentacle head. Yeah, whatever kind of head you want, really. That's true. Uh, if your faded characters could have uh, could have one improvement from the book, what would it be? Ooh. Faded character. There's hmm. a little part of me that thinks um, Planchette would have done really well as a Duskwalker. Ooh, a Duskwalker would have been really cool. Yeah, that could have been something really fun to do there. I mean, because she's already kind of otherworldly. Yeah. I mean, my faded character was Sagira, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, it might have been cool to pick up the barbarian dedication and kind of play into her like snappy anger a little bit um, but that's not in this book I don't know I'm pretty happy with Sagira I don't think I'd need anything else Sulis don't exist so if I had to put her as something else I'd probably make her like 
don't you could know. do the scion, right? The uh, what is it called? Well, I mean, well, yeah, but they they don't have the elemental bullet lines yet. Yeah, so. they're not oh, in there. Right. Um, so she probably would have had to have been human, or I could have just been like, "F it, she's a cat too," because <laughs> some of the cat folk stuff is cute. Um, or she could have been a rat folk, and then she could have been like a little baby rat folk who is friends with all the cat people, and that's kind of funny. That is kind of like Five Goes West. Yeah. As far as the uh, <laughs> as far as the viper is concerned, however, the assassin is an archetype in here. And it does still get the ability to assassinate. Mm. Not until like 12th level now. And it's a two action. Mm. But that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Um, what if you were a fey inquisitor and your opening phrase was nobody ever expects the panish inquisition. <laughs> oh. I read your dad joke. I see it. Uh, uh, I knew that was TJ before I even looked over there. It definitely <laughs> was. He is the king of dad jokes. It's true. I don't see. <laughs> Somebody says that we we might be getting elemental plane or scions in Lost Omens Ancestry Guide next spring. That'd um, be interesting. Oh, uh, is there a Life Oracle Super Heal Bot option in the new book? There is. Uh, there is the Life Mystery still. Uh, there yeah. is also the Lesson of Life for Witches, which is not related, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's the the Life Oracle still a thing. Yeah, actually, I didn't read over the Oracle as much because I, I trusted. I was just like, Jessica's going to read this, you know, front to back. So I can just <laughs> leave that in her capable hands. Yeah, the life Oracle's weird, though, because that curse is debilitating. It's it makes it a lot harder for you to get healing. It's it's that's a big payoff. That's a big trade. Which well, I understand there cool. was a conversation about it. I think during the play test, they were talking about how some of the uh, the mechanics worked for the curses that they came up with the idea that they could give you very powerful curse abilities mm. and balance it by giving you debilitating curse penalties. Yeah. And so that you didn't have to go with a one-to-one as always a thing where it's yeah. just like, oh, well, this, this curse is equal to this thing. You can just go, well, this one's obviously a three because of this amazing ability to give you, but also you might just fall over and die. Yep. That's how they are. <laughs> so. Uh, which is cool because I like to take chances. Um, well, obviously. And it's, it does such a great job in facilitating storytelling. So for for any any player, minor tangent here, but as a every time I am a player, there's always that point where it feels like you'll you'll probably hit it once during an adventure path where you just go, things have gone completely sideways. Uh, things are just terrible right now, and our party needs to flee. And usually in a story, you would have that one character that would go, you know go i'll hold them and then like stand for you know a final stand and it's kind of hard to get that across in a role-playing game because you know you're looking at the mechanics you're like i don't want to build a new character uh all the rest (laughs) of that even if it's a great time for your character to die not because you're tired of the character but because this might even especially if you're doing a redemption arc or something it might fulfill that and so being able to just say i've got a nuclear button that basically just will solve our problems but might kill me we'll either but might kill me or take me completely out of a fight or do something to incapacitate me. It's that heroic putting all of your effort into one hit. And I I just love the flavor to it. Mm -hmm. I think that's been kind of a a theme throughout this whole book though, is that it's just provided so much flavor. Yeah. So good. So tasty. It's so tasty. Um, What is your favorite new ancestry feat? I mean, I know mine. I think, I mean, Black Cat is back for the Catfolk. Catfolk have so many. 
that are so good. So many great ones. Um, but and we've already talked about the caterwaul. So let me let me find one that's uh, that's going to be a little different. I know mine. There's the one that lets you be dying one instead of dying two or whatever. I don't remember what that one is. I just know it's a catfolk thing. Okay, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm not going to go into the details on it. Uh, 13th level orc uh, ancestry feat spell devour. Ah, dang it! You took mine. <laughs> ah, it's so fun. See, it's so fun. I like power with this. I'm like, I went for the goblin one, loud singer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, loud singer is good. Um, spell devourer is good. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Um, there's a uh, oh man, what is the name of it? I closed my tab for some reason. There's a kobold ancestry feat that's called like sniveling or something, where you essentially are like, sorry, don't kill me. And sometimes they don't. <laughs> like <laughs> now, a not powerful op- option, but one I think has amazing utility is that it's a fifth level rat folk ancestry feat that lets you stow things in your cheek pouches as a free action. Yes, and there's the one that lets you store more bulk of items in your cheek yeah. pouches, which is rad. So it's it's just kind of great to be able to. It's like okay, I've got to drop this bow because I need to use my sword. Halt. <laughs> I tell you, I play a lot of Starfinder right now, and people love Yasoki. Like, I have a group that's Yasoki and one giant lady. And it's like, there's just Yasoki everywhere. I did also enjoy the halfling step lively feat, because it's mm. basically what I do on a daily basis. Oh, and the jinx feat. Because yeah. the jinx oh, feat yeah. is like, you aren't lucky as a halfling. You make other people unlucky. <laughs> So, so the the short version of it is they're all good. There are tons of feats that we love out yeah. of the ancestry section. Some of them are are like cool, you know. They really build up, you know, a powerful character. And then others are just funny, they're and just you, great you take them just because it would make sense for your character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. None of them are bad. Yeah, none of them. I no, yeah. I've enjoyed almost all of them. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Somebody asks if we address the rituals. We talked about them a little bit, uh, mostly about the fact that there were things in there that we had. It's weird that they weren't in the first book. They were in the Coral book, like uh, Heroes yeah. Feast and that sort of thing. Reincarnate. Yeah. Like Reincarnate, Reincarnate was the one that really struck me. I was like, wow, that's. I hadn't noticed that that wasn't in the first book. Yeah. In the Coral book. But yeah, they're cool. I think the rituals are neat. I like the mechanic of them. Because <laughs> you can do them even if you're not a spellcaster. All well, right. It gives a great opportunity to like involve other people in, you know, involve the entire group in doing something. Yep. That's true. All right. Any other questions? Because this may be a good time to wrap up if that's all. Oh, there we go. Do you think we're to the point where 2E conversions of 1E APs are possible without tons of homebrew? So I would say yes and no. It depends on the individual adventure. So uh, as kind of a rule of thumb, the earlier a first edition adventure it is, almost the easier it'll be to do a transition to second edition. Because if you're looking at Rise of the Rune Lords, you've got a whole bunch of giants uh, and various other iconic monsters that you people. fight. There are a couple in there that are, yeah, in people. And But if you're looking at something like Ruins of Aslant or one of the latter adventure paths where they were, they were pulling monsters out of six different bestiaries, it's translating the bestiary, the bestiary encounters over is kind of the, the longest, most difficult one. Mm. So, so, yeah kind of depending i i think that given enough time it would be pretty easy to do uh mummy's mask that you know we play 
I kind of joked around it for a while where I was like, oh, it's so easy because the only three bestiaries were out at the time. Mm. And I was like, okay, I just have to worry about these three bestiaries and mm. monsters from these three bestiaries. And the moment Tyrant's Grass starts up, it's just like, why is everything from bestiary six? Because that's <laughs> where all the evil lives. <laughs> uh, Iron Gods uh, would be hard because the technology piece yeah. isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the I think the easiest ones to do it for would be some of the really early ones. Rise of the Rune Lords would be a good example. Curse of the Crimson Throne, you could probably get away with fairly easy. Uh, they're doing then, Kingmaker. Yeah, they're they're going to be releasing Kingmaker as a fifth edition uh, Adventure Path, the mm -hmm. hardcover book. Not Paizo, I think it was another company. Yeah. Can't remember it off the top of my head. But you could probably also get away with some of the ones that are a little bit more uh, non-monster centric. So like War for the Crown? the lines of War for the Crown especially because you can get through a fair from what i understand you can get from first to second level without ever pulling your weapon sweet and um iron fang invasion you're mostly just going to be applying templates onto hobgoblins <laughs> yeah and there are hobgoblins so yeah there but there are other ones that would be you know uh iron gods obviously i think strange aeons would be fairly difficult to do yeah uh, uh Let's see, any new class abilities or feats that really take advantage of the three action system? Hmm. Well, again, there is that uh, removing the fear effect from other people as I'm, again, I wanted to say it's three actions to do it. Yeah, the skill Tell feet. everyone to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Well, and there's the, the ancestry oh, oh. or is it a heritage or is it a class feat? No, it's a rare background that gives you um, the reaction, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, other than that, really taking advantage of the three action economy, the Cavalier has some really neat ways that they play around with mounted combat. Hmm. Um, so you get a lot of things like, you know, being able to, uh, I think they got a fourth level, here it is, yep, fourth level feet where you can quick mount, um, which is just kind of neat. They've got a reaction that lets you defend your mount if someone attempts to attack your mount. Hmm. They get a Cavalier's charge again where um, you can your mount strides and at any point during your mount stride you can strike oh that's so it cool. gives you an essence ride by attack for yeah two actions so the cavalier does a lot of great things they even have a three action uh feat for the cavalier that's you just trample them you just <laughs> run over people with your horse like get out of my way it's pretty good yeah so uh i would say that the cavalier is definitely up there for fun things that you can do and also again it's a uh it's an archetype that even comes with a 20th level feat. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it looks like that's it on questions. Um, I guess we can wrap it up here. Thanks to everybody that subscribed and followed us yeah. here. Yep. Uh, Rick, do you want to talk a little bit about um, where they can re-listen or listen to the beginning if they missed it uh, for this? Absolutely. So we have launched a new RSS feed that we call Find the Path Ventures. So if you look for Find the Path, you will probably find the Find the Path podcast, which is our Mummy's Mask actual play, and Find the Path Ventures, which is a landing pad for all of the additional stuff that we do. Mm -hmm. Right now, we are steadily populating it with the Tales from Dark Moon Vale series that we did for, um, I think it was nine episodes. Mm -hmm. Sounds right. Yep. Nine episodes, which is kind of our first foray into second edition play. Mm -hmm which was before this book came out, so you won't see anything featured from this book in that. Uh, we really should have waited. No. Nah. Uh, was, we were all locked at home and went, you know what we could do? Second anyway. edition. <laughs> uh, that's posted up on our, all of those episodes are on YouTube, but we are releasing them on a bi-weekly basis on our RSS feed there, and you'll mm -hmm. be able to find this there as well. 
And if you like what you have heard so far and are not already a, uh, a listener or subscriber or anything like that, then you can follow our Mummy's Mask Adventure Path playthrough on the Find the Path podcast RSS feed. And you can also support us and uh, on Patreon and at the $5 tier gain access to our Tyrant's Grasp actual play, which is really starting to heat up. Yeah. Um, yep. In a horrifying kind of way. Yeah. Beyond that, uh, of course, if you like seeing us and hearing us and also like things like conventions, uh, in a few scant days, we are going to be at Gen Con online doing a live play, a continuation a bit of the story from Tales of Dark Moonville. I don't think you would have had to have seen all those to be able to understand basically what's going on. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you have, it'd be great. If you haven't, mm -hmm. check it out. You also have and time to catch up. Be, yeah, yep. that's true. You've got a couple of days. <laughs> yep. So, so uh, that's going to be on Saturday. <laughs> I believe that's August first at uh, six p.m. <laughs> Eastern Pacific time. Court. Eastern. It's Eastern time. Eastern time. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, then that's going to be uh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And then Ross Scoggin, who many of you may be familiar with from the. Fated Tales side story that we did in Mummy's Mask, as well as our, uh, if you've been following the Tales from Dark Moon Bell, he's the game master for that. Mm -hmm. And a good personal friend. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody These says, I hear those paladin. kobolds have themselves a king. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. This is a custom homebrew adventure, I think. This Gen yeah, Con I believe thing. The one for Gen Con is going to be just a standalone small side story that, uh, that Ross has concocted. Yep. Fun. And it's going to be spooky. Be a lot of fun. I don't and know. We did, the first story that we did was uh, Hollow's Last Hope. Mm -hmm. And eventually, at some point in the future, assuming that there's uh, enough demand for it and excitement and such, we are looking at doing an adaptation of The Crown of the Kobold King. Yep. I believe Ross is also going to be making, I believe, his conversion notes for the second edition, uh, for the conversion that he did for that available sometime that. somewhere. At some point, we don't know the details yet. I'm I'm not committing him to it. <laughs> yes, just maybe. Here's a teaser. <laughs> I do expect it on my desk by week's end. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> you wouldn't fit on your desk. Probably not. Yeah. Well, Nothing anyway. fits on my desk. My desk barely fits anything I've got around. Your desk barely fits on your desk. My desk barely fits on top of my desk. <laughs> so right. yeah. Uh, regardless, I think uh, so. There. I guess we have six thumbs between all of us. So uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to say double thumbs up because I really enjoyed this book. I really Heck enjoyed yes. the flavor. Oh, hey. All right. Six thumbs up. Yep. We have an accord. So we have an accord. So, yeah, good so, stuff. There will be a VOD. Um, there will also be a YouTube version of this. And then, of course, like Rick said, it'll be on the RSS feed for Ventures probably next week. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, is there anything else that we have for today? I don't, I don't think so. I think so. Well, then thank all of you for coming out and joining us that came out and joined us here. We are going to make this a uh, reoccurring segment is our plan. Uh, we're planning on tackling the, uh, what is it? Legends. Lost Omens Legends. Mm -hmm. here In shortly. two weeks. So once we've gotten a chance to look over that, so it'll be the, your same bat time, same bat channel. Mm -hmm. So you can come back, check that out. And but then we're going to- it might be different people. It, it might, might be, be different, different people. people. I know. So, you know, Heather might be willing to I don't know, dig herself out from under all of her Final Fantasy 14 or whatever her backlog <laughs> is. And I'm sure eventually Jessica will let Jordan stop trying to fix all the electronics in the house so that they Probably. can <laughs> the Maybe. computer work again and they can stream stuff once more. 
It's true. Uh, and who knows? Maybe Ross will stop converting everything from first edition to second edition <laughs> and work on something else if he gets it to me by week's end. We'll see. And I guess with that. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for joining us. <laughs> Bye. So, until next time. Good luck, Pathfinders.